Welcome to Desirability Alt, where we'll explore the intersections of disability, desire, and alternative relationships. I'm your host, Angela Carr. This podcast is intended for an adult audience who identifies with or is curious about alternative relationships, including kink, BDSM, non-monogamy, total power exchange, and more. This content is not suitable for those under the age of 18. Get ready, listen by yourself, or gather with your partners and enjoy this episode. Hi everyone. Welcome to those of you who are just joining in for the first time today. Welcome back to those who have been following along. I'm your disabled and kinky host, Angela Carr. So technically, this would be episode 13, but we're starting a new series today. Yay! Every 10 episodes, I'll be doing a book discussion. These can be books on BDSM or kink. They could be books on sexuality. These could be books on disability. Today's book is going to be all three. I will be choosing some of my favorite books to discuss on the show. Now, I won't be sharing too many details from the books I choose because I highly recommend that you get a copy of these books yourself so you can delve into them. What I want to do with this series is give you a sense of the book topics and also talk about why I love the book, give you a few quotes, and discuss how I relate to the book or writers of the books. So let's get started. I have to start off this series with my favorite book on this subject. I've mentioned this book a few times on the show already. It's called Kneeling in Spirit, Disabled Submissives, and it's edited by Raven Caldera. Now, if you found my podcast, I'm sure you're familiar with Raven Caldera and his boy Joshua. Raven and Joshua are authors of many, many books on BDSM and power exchange. In fact, Raven has authored 42 books. They also give many presentations, and I've been fortunate enough to see them do a presentation in person at the Mask Philadelphia chapter a few years ago. They are very active in online kink conferences currently while we're social distancing. Raven and Joshua also put out a number of similar books on the topic of kink and disability and mental health. So I'm so grateful for these. They first published Hell on Wheels, Disabled Dominance, in 2012. Then they came out with Kneeling Spirit in 2013. They have also published Mastering Mind, Dominance with Mental Illness and Neurological Dysfunction in 2014. And then Broken Toys, Submissives with Mental Illness and Neurological Dysfunction also came out in 2014. I recommend you read all of these books. Raven and Joshua also have books on MS and spirituality, which is another area I am enamored with. I'll let you in on a little secret. 
I'm so excited. Raven Caldera is planning a conference in January 2020 called Holy Fire Conference. I've reached out to him and I will be presenting. Can't believe it. I'm so excited. I'm excited about the topic because it has to do with spirituality, but I'm even more excited to have an opportunity to be involved in one of his conferences. So let's get back to the book. Kneeling in Spirit is actually a collection of stories from submissives who have disabilities, as well as dominants and masters of submissives with disabilities. One thing I love about the book is that it shares firsthand experience from folks with disabilities choosing to live as submissives and dominants who choose submissives who have disabilities. They each tell their own story. It is beautiful. I also love that there are people with a range of different types of disabilities sharing in the book, from physical disabilities like multiple sclerosis and muscular dystrophy, to blindness and low vision, deafness and hearing loss, to chronic illness, including fibromyalgia. The writers also vary in terms of when they became disabled in life. There are folks that were born with their disability and came into the scene. Then there are folks who developed their disability later in life and after they already were in a power exchange dynamic. And they discuss their experiences and feelings around that, around the changes in their lives that occurred with their disability. I want to share some of my favorite quotes from the book and how I relate to them. The first one is a quote that I've shared on this show before. It's just how powerful this was for me. In his forward, Raven Caldera states, While a physically disabled S-type may be physically limited in the amount of service they can provide, they can always provide obedience. I don't know if I can describe to you how I felt the first time I read that line. I had been in the scene for almost five years at the time, and... I was in a new relationship with my sir, and we were starting to explore DS and then MS. So dominant submission and then heading into master-slave. I had been in the scene, and I played on a once-in-a-while type basis before this. I never believed that I could be submissive outside the bedroom. Now, there's a big difference between those of us who play once in a while and those of us who live this lifestyle 24-7. Even when my sir told me that I had the potential to be a great submissive, I couldn't see it myself. I knew that my symptoms of my disability were getting worse, and I thought I would be less and less of a good submissive as time was going by. Reading this quote gave me hope. 
the book, the entire book, in fact, made me feel seen. And this line gave me hope. It gave me courage. Because being obedient is something I am capable of doing. My Sarah and I recently gave a presentation together at a mass meeting. And we discussed this. My Sarah stated, service is an important cornerstone of our MS dynamic, as it is for many couples. But obedience is the foundation our household is built on. Of course, you have to have the right partner to whom you choose to be obedient to. You have to be careful who you choose. Even in vanilla relationships, we have to be careful what partners we choose. But when you're choosing a power exchange dynamic, you have to be extremely careful who you choose to be obedient to. Since I found the right partner that was deserving of my submission, I was able to say, yes, I submit to you and I choose to be obedient to you every day. Being obedient is not easy. It comes with its own challenges, right? Because there are days when Sir is going to respond to a request I make with a no. There are going to be days when we disagree. And I've learned that I need to trust him and our dynamic and accept his answer, no matter what it may be. So I am by no way saying that obedience is easy. But it is doable when you're both working on the dynamic and you have the right partner. Looking at this quote and thinking about obedience really made me start to feel like, yes, I can be a slave. And my role as a disabled slave has value. Regarding submissives in a service role, Raven also states in the forward this quote, it's important to let the person do what they can while they can still do something. I couldn't agree more with this statement. For me, there are tasks that I am able to do, and there are new tasks that I am learning to do every day. I enjoy learning new tasks. Sarah gives me tasks that are within my skill set. Some even challenge me, and I want to be challenged. I'm happy to be challenged. I know that Sir would never give me a test that he knows I'm unable to do. I trust him completely to do that. We've been together a long time, and he knows how my condition affects me. I have spina bifida, and I walk with crutches and wear braces on my legs. He understands the daily pain that I have with my knees and my back. It's important to understand that it takes time to get to this level of complete vulnerability and trust. We didn't start off this way. We started off with a lot of trial and error and changing tasks as needed. In fact, we actually still do a lot of trial and error because my needs change and my pain levels change. My abilities change. 
Even within the last five years, things have changed. I used to do all the laundry. Today, because I can't go up and down the steps, Sir does the laundry. And then I fold the laundry as soon as he brings it up. I joke that my master probably does a lot more tasks than other masters. But in this book, Raven even states that masters can also be responsible for household tasks. It was really important for me to read that in print. Now today I know that I need to fold that laundry exactly the way my Sarah likes it and fold it right away when he brings it upstairs. I can't decide that I don't want to or I don't have time to or I don't feel like it. If I don't do it, there better be a a reason that's related to a medical issue. I don't get off the hook for not doing it. And really, I don't want to be left off the hook. As a person with a disability, I don't want to shriek away from my responsibilities. I'm still a responsible adult, and I take pride in being in service to my sir. I take pride in knowing exactly how he likes his clothes folded, how he likes his meals prepared, and how he likes the house cleaned. I take pride in doing things as instructed. I take pride in feeling like I am productive. It also can sometimes be meditative for me. Several notice that if I'm upset about something, and he can just say to me, get me a cup of coffee, girl. And I go make the coffee and bring it back to him, or whichever task he gives me. And it sort of gets me out of the funk I was in. Since I had to fold his laundry in an exact way, it can be very meditative. Folding the arms in, making sure there are no wrinkles. I really have to focus to do it correctly, which means I can't be thinking about how my day was or about some drama going on in my life. It gives me something to focus on, and I need that. I will never be able to kneel or do things that some other submissives can do. That doesn't mean that I'm not productive and valuable as an S-type. I know I bring value to our relationship, and that's important to me. One of the first writers who shares in this book, who is submissive, wrote about the feeling of being useless. As submissives, we don't want to feel useless. I think as people with disabilities, we don't want to feel useless. I think those of us who seek out being in a service-oriented role do so because we want to feel useful. We have a desire to please and to be of service. Sometimes we may fall into bad relationships and that desire to please can be taken advantage of. But when we find the right person who complements that desire to please, it is beautiful. And don't think for a moment that just because some of us have disabilities that we don't have a need to feel useful. It doesn't matter what your disability is. 
I think most people have a desire to feel useful in some way or another. The trick is to find balance between what you're capable of doing and what will make you feel useful. When I'm having a bad pain day, feeling useful might just be searching for something on the internet or crocheting a scarf while I sit with ice on my knee or my back. A few of the writers in the book talk about how medical decisions are handled in their dynamic. Some of the submissives have dominance control their medical decisions. Some of them may take control over their own medical decisions as they know their bodies and their needs best. Some have a sort of combination worked out in their dynamic. It was really interesting to hear all the different thoughts around this. For Sarah and I, we slowly have moved towards him making medical decisions for me. Interestingly, I was supposed to have surgery this past week. However, there was an issue with my insurance. Uh, This wasn't an emergency surgery or anything. I self-cath every day and I get Botox injections in my bladder every three months. This was going to be a urethroplasty to make cathing a little easier for me. They were going to do this at the same time as my Botox appointment and I would just be given general anesthesia for both. I'm normally awake during my Botox appointments. I usually do it in the office outpatient. Uh, But they wanted to bring me in this time and, and do it all together while I was asleep under anesthesia. The urethroplasty would have helped, but so far I am able to cath myself. There's also one nurse at my urologist's office that knows my body really well and knows how to cath me. When she was on maternity leave, the other nurses and even the doctor had a hard time with it. And so then they came up with this, this idea to do the urethroplasty. But that nurse is back now, thank God. My other reason for not wanting the surgery, though, is because I honestly don't think the Botox is working as well as it used to. So I'm thinking that probably in a year or so, I'll need to get another type of surgery on my bladder. I'd rather go for surgery once rather than having to go twice for my bladder. So I didn't want to go through with the surgery right now anyway. I spoke to Sarah about it and I voiced all of these thoughts about the surgery I had, in my opinion. He then made the decision that I would wait to have the surgery. He makes the decisions, but we discuss things together. He listens to my concerns and considers my opinions when making these decisions. So I have no fear of putting these decisions in his hands. I trust him completely. My sir's biggest concern was that he didn't want to cancel the surgery strictly for financial reasons, if I really needed to have it. And we were able to discuss it and explain that I don't believe it's an urgent need at this time. And I think it would be better for me to wait 
and have one surgery rather than two. And then Sir made the decision. Another concept that comes up in this book is the concept of being completely open with your dominant or master about your disability. This is really important. For me, I actually had to learn this the hard way when I was young. When I was young, I wanted to fit in and be like everyone else. Even though my disability has always been very visible and everyone could see my disability as soon as they saw the way I walked, I still tried not to be disabled when I was young. I didn't want to look too disabled. Doctors told me when I was in high school that I should use crutches, and I didn't listen to them. I thought I knew better. I didn't start using crutches until I went to college and had to walk around a big campus. I was with my late husband for eight years before we moved in together. And I didn't tell him about the fact that I self-cath until the day we were moving in together. Now, he was understanding about the medical issue, but he was concerned that I hadn't confided in him sooner, and he was absolutely right to be. When I would have sex with partners, I was wetting the bed. And for a while, I thought that this was female ejaculation, or I had hoped that this was female ejaculation rather than urine. And so that's what I told myself. And so I wouldn't warn partners about this before we had sex. And these are all things I regret to this day. I wish I had been more honest when I was young, not just with my partners, but more honest with myself about my disability. In my dynamic with my sir today, I didn't get a chance to even keep secrets from my sir about my disability as my symptoms were increasing. He learned very early in the relationship about my bladder and bowel issues and all the medical procedures and daily habits that I do to help control them. I was still surprised that he stuck around with me. Today, there's nothing that I hold back from him. I feel completely vulnerable and I feel completely safe being that vulnerable. When you can show someone all of yourself, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and they accept you and love you anyway, that is an amazing feeling. Let me give you a few other quotes from the book that I love. Slave Ziggy writes that 80% of being a slave is how you think, and 20% of being a slave is what you do. Having said that, you are the expert on your challenges, which means you are responsible for sharing as much as possible with a potential partner. Absolutely. I've had experiences where I wasn't honest, and those relationships didn't work out. I've had relationships where I was dating women, but I was still in the closet with my family and friends. And those relationships obviously didn't work out. Today with my sir, even though he makes our decisions, it is my responsibility to inform him of everything so that he can make an informed decision. This includes all the facts from the doctors, 
all my symptoms and all my feelings about any given situation. Then he can make the final decision. Slave Carla writes in the next chapter, lying to Kay, who is Slave Carla's dominant, lying to Kay about my current state of health is not only wrong, it's also unfair to him because it makes his job so much harder and it sets him up to fail. So as disabled submissives, we have a responsibility to our dominance to be truthful about our disability, about our pain, and about our abilities. Today, I can no longer pretend that I'm able-bodied. I can no longer pretend that I can do a task that I'm unable to do, as I may have done in the past. And you know the hardest part about this is I can no longer lie to myself. I have to admit when something is too difficult for me. I have to be honest with myself and I have to be honest with my sir. I've talked in past episodes about how I cannot kneel. So my ritual with my sir is a little different. When he comes home at the end of the day, I sit next to him and I take off his boots. Kitsu, who uses a wheelchair, describes their ritual in place of kneeling. Kitsu states, I don't wait for him on my knees because I can't get on the floor without a great deal of help. He doesn't mind and tells me so. What he wants is my complete attention, not a specific act or position. This is just beautiful. Another one of my favorite quotes from this book. Another theme of the book is around sex and ways of orgasming. As people with disabilities, some of us do not have feeling below the belt. So many of us use kink as an alternative way to find pleasure. Many of the writers describe alternative ways they've found to come. For me, I have limited sensation in my clitoris. I can come vaginally, but I rarely come just from clitoral stimulation alone. It feels good when done with something else, but I also need that something else. My nipples are also very sensitive, so I've had orgasms just from someone using nipple clamps and then sucking on my nipples. I like to play between pain and then soft kisses in that area. Um, between pain and then sensual touch. That will drive me wild. I think so many people with disabilities are drawn to kink because it can give us alternative ways to think about pleasure and alternative ways to orgasm. I personally was so glad to see one of the writers discuss bowel issues. Bladder and bowel issues are not talked about too often, even in disability circles. It's like an extra layer of embarrassment for those of us who face this. So if you too are someone who has a motility disability or bladder or bowel dysfunction, you will really want to read this section. It's entitled Winning the Battle in the Middle of the Book. This section was also beautiful as the submissive describes how their dominant stayed with them and refused to release them as a slave 
after a surgery that changed their life substantially. I was so glad to see discussion around end-of-life care and medical decision-making about how some dominants need to prepare paperwork related to end-of-life care and making decisions, medical decisions, for their submissives if a submissive becomes unable to legally make decisions for themselves. These are things I've dealt with as my first partner, who I called my husband, was dying. And they are things that my Sarah and I worked on together as I was being hospitalized last year. It gave me peace of mind to know that if, God forbid, something happened to me and I wasn't able to make decisions, that my Sarah would be able to make those decisions for me, especially since we're not legally married. It was really important to have that paperwork in. And once it was done, I didn't have to worry or think about it anymore. So I was really glad to see a discussion about that in the book, as I think more people need to be aware of the importance of this. The second half of the book is on caring for a disabled submissive, which is a must-read for any dominant who owns an S-type with a disability. These are stories written by dominants who owned disabled slaves. Many of the suggestions listed here are ones that my sir has certainly done for me in our dynamic. If he had been unwilling to do some of these tasks, Honestly, we probably wouldn't have made it as far in our relationship as we have. It can be a lot of work owning an S-type with a disability, but you have to decide that that S-type you've chosen is still worth the effort. I love that these masters have taken the time with their slaves to develop specific protocols to match their abilities. I love that these masters see the potential in their slaves, and some even talked about how their disabled slaves sometimes had more enthusiasm to serve than some past able-bodied slaves that they had had. I've heard my sir say similar things. Uh, he, my sir also appreciated that this was my first MS dynamic, so I wasn't coming into the dynamic with a different set of beliefs about MS or um, a different type of training. So my sir was able to train me the way he wanted. And I've also found that in most of the jobs I've held in the vanilla world, I've had bosses say to me that they were so happy they hired me as I was enthusiastic and ready to learn. And I've applied that same enthusiasm to my submission with my sir. Mistress Fay mentions in this section the difference between owning a slave and having a slave in consideration. I think having a slave under consideration is a great idea when you're testing the waters to see if this is something you want. As I've mentioned, Sarah and I took things very slowly. When it comes to MS, I think you need to take things slowly. You have to get to know each other and know all these things about each other, including disabilities and medical issues. 
some disabilities and some symptoms are difficult to talk about straight away from the beginning of the relationship. Being under consideration is a great way to build trust and take the time you need to open up more with your partner before jumping right in. So I appreciated that Mistress Faye mentioned having a slave in consideration. I think it probably, whether you have a disability or not, I think having a slave in consideration is a great idea. Mistress Faye also addresses the idea that we're all going to get older and we all may have risk of becoming disabled in some way in the future. I want to give you a few other quotes that I really love. From Mistress Faye, I like this quote. For me, taking on a disabled slave means I take on their injury or illness as well. And Mistress Faye uses a great analogy to owning a vehicle. And as an S-type, I really appreciate it hearing that. That a mistress or an M-type is taking on responsibility to learn about their S-type's disability as it is such an important part of them. You can't separate the disability from the person. Mistress Faye goes on to give some great tips to dominants and masters who own disabled slaves. These were even helpful for me to read as an S-type, so definitely check that out. Master Cal D shared about specific protocols developed with an own slave who had hearing loss, which involved communication through facial expressions and eye contact. Sometimes our masters have to be creative in coming up with protocols for us. My sir certainly has had to figure out different ways to play with me and also different ways to discipline me when needed. And yeah, I can look at sir and see that look in his eye or see that look that he gives me and I just know I better shut my mouth. <laughs> S. Leonard brings up a really good point that had me asking my sir some questions. They state that when others see a scene between them and their slave, other people give them dirty looks, as if to question if their slave was with them due to self-esteem issues, question if the master was being too hard on the slave, and question if the master had a disability fetish. I had to ask my sir if he ever got these types of looks at play parties we've attended. My sir stated that he even gets dirty looks just from going to the grocery store with me. So people make these assumptions everywhere. When I was able to walk in the grocery store, I liked to hold on to the grocery cart for balance. And people will then look at my sir like, he was doing something wrong by making me pull the cart. And really, I wanted to hold on to the cart for balance. People will always make assumptions and unfortunately criticize what they don't understand. S. Leonard also goes on to describe a scene 
with a slave that was really hot. While other people at this party they were at were staring, the submissive was really enjoying it. And reading that made me want to have a similar scene, I gotta admit. S. Leonard goes on to advise submissives to find a dominant who is willing to push you to do the things you can do. This is a common theme in the book. I wouldn't want a master who didn't do that for me. I want to be challenged and I want a master who pushes me to do better when I can. When we get around family sometimes, our family will try to help me with doing everything. And my Cyrus had to say to them, like, it's okay, she's got this. Or I've even had to say, like, I'm okay, I can do this. Um, because I want to, I want to help. And I appreciate that I don't have to hear those kind of statements from my sir. He doesn't coddle me. He knows my abilities. He knows what I can handle and when he can push me further. And I appreciate that so much. There's a story at the end of the book that talks about how an MS dynamic is actually healthy for some of us submissives. That our masters help us that our masters help push us to take better care of our own health. I so often hear that people in the vanilla world think MS is unhealthy for us, that it's dangerous for our mental health, and it's dangerous for us, and it's abusive, and, and all these other things. But I, I rarely get to hear other stories like mine where the master is helping the slave care for themselves and actually improving their health. So this was great to read. When I do these book discussions, I want to try to be somewhat critical and think about what I didn't like about the book or suggestions I may have for the book. Here's the problem with that, though. I'm choosing all these books I love to start with. With Kneeling in Spirit, I honestly can't think of anything I didn't like. I can't think of anything I would do differently. This book shows an honest and open portrayal from submissives with disabilities sharing their voice and then also sharing the other side, dominance and masters who own disabled submissives. It includes a range of disabilities and a range of different types of MS dynamics. Um, there's, there's male-led, female-led, queer relationships, trans folks, all types of diversity. So please take the time to read this book and then tell me what you think. At the end of every episode, I will ask a question for you to consider. Today's question is once you have read the book, Kneeling in Spirit, Disabled Submissives, what are your favorite quotes? How has this book helped you in your dynamic? What suggestions would you have for a book on kink and disability? I would love to hear your opinions. Please go to dissoverability.com. That's D-I-S-I-R-Ability dot com and share your thoughts 
with me. Be sure to follow this podcast and share with your friends if you liked it. I'll be back on November 2nd, 2020 with a brand new episode. I'll be doing another book discussion when we get to episode 23, which looks like it'll be sometime in March. Be sure to sign up to Desirability.com as well, as I'll be putting up a list of books that I'll be reviewing. Check that out to get a sneak peek so you can read the books before listening to my next book review. That's all I have for today, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Stay well. Desirability Alt was created and hosted by me, Angela Carr. Opinions expressed are from my own personal experience or that of my guests. Did you like what you heard today? Be sure to follow Desirability Alt wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, you can also find me at desirability.com or on any social media at desirability. That's D-I-S-I-R ability. Thank you for sharing this journey with me.